What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Lights, Camera, Grow. We are on season two. This is episode four of this five-part series talking about podcasting, video, podcasting strategy, and how it pertains. Uh, Toby's pillar content method we're also talking about. Um, and for those of you who don't know about Toby Agency, we are a growth agency that focuses on marketing, sales, creative, and technology. Um, we build content, we strategize content, and uh, cool marketing strategies. We use some tech behind it. So that's a little bit of an uh, overview of what we do. If you missed the last couple episodes, don't forget to go back into the podcast feed, listen to episodes one, two, and three. You can get the uh, entire thing at the Lights, Camera, Grow feed inside of Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get a podcast. Um, cool. So we are now in episode four, Andrew. Um, it's got actually gone by pretty quick. Um, we've yep. been talking about this entire thing and the main things that we're focusing on are how do you reach your customers and your, um, clients with rich media, like podcast and video? Um, you know, what's the most efficient way to build this thing? What does it look like to build it? You know, putting the strategy and what kind of team do you need behind it? Um, we're also talking about, you know, invading the white space of YouTube. I say invading, but <laughs> it really is a white space. There's, there's no cap on it which is a really cool thing. And also the space of just podcasting in general and, you know, this type of media in today's environment. So in the last couple episodes, we talked about what does it look like for the overall picture? How do you execute it? How should you think about it? Let's talk about the obstacles. Like what does it actually take to build this thing? Um, This is usually a challenging part. And a lot of people actually have a lot of questions around this for us usually. Um, they're like, oh, that all sounds yeah. great, but how do you actually do it? Um, so let's talk about yeah, like the options. I think this is for sure. So I think you got to, the first thing you got to think about is what's your budget, right? And when I say budget, I don't just mean money. I mean time as right. well, time right? So it takes a, there's a lot of time involved in building this thing. Um, and, you know, based on your amount of budget and time, like you can really kind of figure out like what level of production do I want to do for my video podcast and, and or YouTube channel. So obviously like one obstacle is just resources, right? right? And I think one way to think about that obstacle is do you do an audio only podcast, but miss out on the video? And obviously without the video, you can't really grow the YouTube channel, but you can still have some audio content to engage prospects that you already have or customers that you have already, right? So maybe if you go audio only, like that's not as good of like a lead gen like piece of content. It's just more of a awareness, a more like nurturing piece of content, right? Um, then if you have a little bit more of a budget, but you know, have people remote or they're kind of all over the place and you can't afford to fly them in to shoot for a week, Um, You do something like we're doing right now, which is we're using Skype. Some people use Zoom. Um, There's other platforms that are out there. But the idea here is to call this like the video light version, right? We're still getting video so that we have content that we can upload to YouTube. Um, It's obviously not as produced or well-produced as if we were in our studio, we had multiple cameras, we had all the right audio gear, that kind of stuff. But that's kind of like the middle road, right, where you can still have video content for YouTube. Um, but also still have the audio podcast, obviously. And you don't need to have like a huge budget to be able to like do a multi-cam setup, fly 
high people around that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, and then, you know, there's certainly the kind of full blown, like, Hey, we we're going to be in the studio. We're gonna do multiple cameras. It's going to be look super polished, like really well presented things like that. Yeah. Guest interviews. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Right. It's kind of a full production. And so there's a lot of obstacles to that. Right. I mean, there's the getting the pre-production is probably one of the most difficult things, um, that I don't think a lot of people realize, like that's actually what will make, make or break you. Right. When totally. you're, when yep. you're building this thing. Right. So maybe you can talk about some of the challenges that we faced in pre-production. Um, cause I think that's actually where I see the most potential hiccups happening or, uh, timeline delays and things like that, that result in pre-production. Right. Yeah. So I'll say that. And I always say this to no matter who we talk to at what level of your budget, it doesn't matter. The pre-production phase is the most important phase. It goes from the concepting of it. So whether it's going just to audio or you're doing the full blown studio version, you still need to concept this thing. You still need to think about what each episode is going to be. You still need to think about if you're going to have guests how are they going to relate? What's the sequencing of the guests? Are you yep. able to get the guests? You know, and we'll talk about the hiccups in pre-production in just a second. Um, but pre-production is the most important part. And I would say if you're going to spend most of your efforts and you only have one of the places to spend it in, if you're the strategy part of this, uh, on the strategy part of this, I would say spend it in pre-production. Think about your concept. We get a lot of people that come to us and they're like, hey, I have a great idea for a podcast. And then you're like, okay, cool. What's your idea? And they give you the first episode and you're like, okay, what about the second or the third or the fourth episode? Like, <laughs> and then they start to think about, oh, wait, no, podcasts are like an ongoing thing. It's not just a one-time deal. So yep. I think the strategy in pre-production, what you're going to do with all the micro content that you break out that we talked about in last episode, where is that going to live? Who's going to set up all the distribution channels? All these things come together in pre-production. Um, you know, where is the podcast going to live? How are you going to syndicate that properly? Um, I think if you can execute a really strong pre-production phase, then your production and post-production just become execution at that point. It just becomes, uh, we need to shoot this thing, which is a, a finite amount of hours. We need to edit this thing, which can be a finite amount of hours. Um, and you can, you know, you can just kind of go to work and it also gives direction for the people that are coming into the phase of the project later on. So maybe they're not involved in pre-production, but you've planned everything out. Now, when you're in production, you can tell your camera guy, I want it to look like this. It needs to sound like yep. this. I need to make sure that we get this angle. Um, and then in post-production, you can tell your editors, I need this clip at this time frame. I know that they said this because we had already planned out that they were going to say this. So it becomes that much yep. easier to execute the last two parts of it. Um, when everybody kind of gets hung up on, oh, how are we even going to produce this thing, meaning film or record the audio, when that's really, it is important, but that's really not the part that it, it um, solidifies everything. The pre-production phase is where you like set the ground foundation so that the rest of the building doesn't topple over. Yeah, so talk a little bit about guests, right? And yeah. the reason we talk about this is obviously I think one of the most popular podcast formats is this sort of like guest interview sort of style. Totally. And I think that's obviously going to get, we're going to eventually going to have to change that and just got to get more creative eventually. Right. But, um, you know, I think one thing that we found in developing podcasts for clients and for ourselves is that the guest is really important to driving growth. 
Right. So, you know, getting good guests is really important, but tell, like, talk about some of the challenges that you face in getting guests and some of, you know, give examples, I guess, of, um, like, how guests fall through and how that impacts the timeline and, you know, what the implications of that are. Yeah. So let's say you have all your topics, you have all the, the pieces that you kind of want to execute, you know, that you want to execute. Um, for your podcast series, but now you need guests if you're going to do this interview style. So there are, like Andrew's talking about, this is the most common way to kind of execute a podcast since it is more of like a radio show. A, a guest conversation or an interview, if you will, is the natural format that kind of like suits itself to this format. But there are other types like super highly produced storytelling podcasts, things like that, documentary type podcasts. Um, but when you're aligning guests, you have to first think, okay, who's going to talk about this topic with my host? If you're the host, that may be you. If not, you may have another host. But who's going to talk about the topic with the host? What are they going to talk about? And are they available? <laughs> That's probably the craziest part is the availability. Because now you're not only juggling your own production schedule, meaning I need to get this content produced at this time so that we can line it up for X, Y, Z marketing efforts on the back side of it. But you also need to make sure that aligns with whoever your guests that you're reaching out to. So rule of thumb, always have backups. So if you're thinking I can get, you know, my, I can get Sam to come on this podcast and talk about it. Think of who else could be a possibility in case that person falls through. Make sure the topic is kind of flexible because you may think that you're going to go one direction with them, but they may take it in another direction. And obviously you can control the production of that and you know you can, you can control that environment to an extent. But if it's interview, just be flexible about the topic. Um, and that, that actually is kind of good because that humanizes the topics. It's not you know so robotic. Um, reach out to them ahead of time with enough time. So don't think that you're going to start executing your podcast next week. If you're just planning this week, there's no way you can get enough guests in time. Or if you do, it's, it's a miracle. Um, and then always have a backup plan to what happens if that person is either a no-show on a Zoom call or a Skype call, if they're a no-show to your studio podcast, or, you know, an emergency happens because those happen. You know, we had, we had a client where they had, we had a guest lined up. Um, unfortunately, they couldn't be there because they had a really unforeseen uh, circumstance happened in their company. So we ended up having to pivot. We had a backup episode that we went to. It actually just required a guest we already booked to do a second episode. So we got two episodes out of one guest and that's not ideal, but it gave us a new topic. It gave us a little bit more direction and it filled that slot more importantly. So as in show business, they always say the show must go on. So just have backups in case all of your guests, I always think about it like doomsday scenario. Like what happens if nobody shows up? What are we going to actually execute? Um, and we always have backup topics that we can talk about. And the worst case scenario is like you don't want to have a solo pod. So what we would do in that case is myself or you would actually jump in and possibly, you know, end up interviewing the client, talking about those topics. Just and, the, and again, this is like a worst, worst case scenario. Luckily, knock on wood, we haven't had that. But um, you just have to think about backup after backup because it's like it can always rain on your parade, you know, for lack of a better term. Yeah, for sure. I think the human element of this is always the variable, right? right? Um, and because 
And I don't think anyone really understands the complexity of the scheduling um, until they actually have to go through it. Right. So like, just know that you probably need someone just dedicated, whether it's a marketing coordinator or somebody just to handle yep. the scheduling and all that kind of stuff. Um, so maybe another thing I want to talk about in terms of an obstacle was this kind of like marriage between like the creative content team and like the marketing and acquisition team. Right. And I, one thing that I want, I think when we were designing our service and putting this out there to our clients, I wanted to make sure that the creative teams and the marketing teams were always talking to each other. Yeah. Marketing can't live without content, content, lit, content without marketing means it's crickets. You right. know what I mean? So they need each other. Right. And so I think there's this kind of like orchestrated dance that happens at least within our agency between our creative and marketing teams. And I think a good example of that is, for example, we, your team will go ahead and produce all the content, get the content ready um, and make it available. But my team has to say, okay, what are we, how are we going to distribute this content? How are we going to uh, uh, publish it so that it's either available to our prospects or available to our customers, right? And sometimes I send very different email campaigns uh, with messaging about the podcast to prospects and different messaging to customers already, right? So, and that there's a pipeline for us to build an email campaign that we need to set up. Obviously, like that email campaign needs to be sent pretty close to when that episode is going to be released, yep. right? So there's a little bit of project management that has to happen between our divisions or our teams to make sure that the content is available, our email marketer and the copywriter can get it, build the email, drop it into HubSpot, program it, and, auto and set the automation up, right? right? So I think that's a big challenge. It is. Like it's, it takes yeah. a lot of coordination between our teams. And I think the first couple of times we did it, like we're just trying to feel out the process. And like obviously having a project management system that we use helps a lot with that. So. I think when because you have different people with different pipelines, like you got to figure out a way to get everything kind of consolidated in a way. And so I think that's been a challenge for us, and I think for anybody who creating the content is one thing, but then working with the marketing team is a whole other story. Because sometimes it's like, hey, Jared, I need a thumbnail for this, right. or I need a header image for the email that I'm going to send right. or whatever. Right? That's going to market the podcast. And so those are some things that, you know, we've obviously built some standard operating procedures around to make sure we productize that a little bit, right? But there are certainly like those tiny little details that you got to remember that are actually going to drive growth for the channel. So I think that kind of marriage between content and creative and marketing is actually, it is a challenge. It's an it obstacle yeah, it to is. be able to get it done right, you know? Yeah, and I will say like kind of like the glue that holds that together is having your what we call our producer or digital producer yep. is as like the medium yep. between the two. Um, so we adopted the term producer from more of the media side because this is often yep. what a producer would do in, you know, big, big time media, whether it's a TV production or a live TV production or a movie, they're often the yep. glue point between multiple teams. So having that one person who's kind of like the lining through the entire process is really important. Yep. Um, it, it's Jenny or myself on our team. And, yep. you know, sometimes we split that role. Sometimes we split mm -hmm. a little bit of the creative role. So we had one of the things that I think, and obviously everything you talked about is super important on the back end of it, but on the, on the like pre-production end of it, 
we have to make sure that what we're actually doing aligns with what the marketing team goals are, you know, like what, right. or what the sales goals are. So like you have very specific yep. messaging and calls to action that you're building so that it's very, you know, tactical. We have to make sure that we creatively think about that. So we're not off in left field, you know, making rainbows and unicorns and it looks amazing, but it doesn't yeah, actually that's connect. Right. right. So we have to and make sure that we get a... the messaging properly downloaded from your team to our team yep. so that we can execute it. So like, I mean, that can affect everything from camera angle to, you know, like the, uh, the background we're shooting in or the studio space, the way that, w- that we set the stage of it. Um, you know, like for, for instance, we talked about ILHM on another podcast, you know, it's a, it's a luxury real estate um, company and they educate about luxury real estate. So we have to make that look very buttoned up. It has to make sure that it feels at the same level that the audience it's touching where right now, you know, we're kind of just chopping it up in our home offices because we know this is going to be yep. a very different audience. So we think about yep. those things. So making sure that those two teams align in pre-production is just as important as post-production. Yeah. And going back to what you were talking about, the digital producer, like Jenny, for example, like, and it's, I think that skill set is so important because we need to be able to almost have the creative team think like marketers exactly, and the marketers to think like the creative team. And a really interesting thing that happens actually, I didn't, I didn't realize this until you just said it was like, usually I have a content strategist on my team, right? To come up with blog posts and come up with an overall content strategy. But I don't know anything about the creative side of producing the podcast or I do, but I can't execute that. Right. right? So what we've done is that we've actually placed our content strategist as kind of like a matrix resource into the creative team. And so like you and Jenny will now work with the marketing content strategist to come up with episode concepts as we're building what we call the pre-treatment, right, for the podcast, right? So that's when our content strategist now becomes a creative team member, right? And his or her job is to now brainstorm, okay, we need eight episodes, what is the keyword strategy for it, right? Um, What is the, uh, if we're gonna build blogs, how we're gonna build blogs that link into these content topics, right? So I think like we actually lend the creative team a marketing resource to help build all the creative concepts that are needed that go into pre-production. Yep. So that's actually a unique kind of like marriage between the two, which takes place with a content strategist, because I don't expect the creative team to be able to think as deeply as a content strategist would would in terms of like building like funnel-based content. You guys understand the concepts, obviously, right? But to sit there and brainstorm the ideas like I think that's why we usually give you guys a content strategist yep. to work with. So something important to think about is getting those two teams to really work together. Yep. Yeah. And then, I mean, it, you guys are basically giving us the jumping off point. And then we yep. can start to think about, oh, how do we put a unicorn in this to make it look cool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, yeah. it's really yeah, right. the jump exactly. off point for us to think deeper about, like, how do we creatively convey this, this concept and that's yep. that's kind of like where the magic happens, you know, from the pre-production on the creative side, aside from all of the the kind of nuts and bolts, which is the logistics of, of pre-production. Yep. So I think this is a good segue to talk about, like, what does the rest of the team look like? Because now we have, sure. we're talking about we have two very different pods of teams, but they're very important and they intertwine quite a bit. So 
let's talk, let's start on the creative side, right? Sure. And I think, um, and again, the goal of the creative team is to output a 30 minute video podcast, a 30 minute audio podcast and 10 to 15 video micro clips from that one 30 minute yep. video podcast. Yep. That's your guys's job. Right. Um, and so like who, who are the key players on your team that you need to bring to the table in order to execute that scope of work? Yeah. So we talked about, we touched on the digital producer, uh, but having somebody who's also kind of like a project manager too. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Like a, yep. Right. Yeah. Yep. They're, they're often what I would like to refer to as more of like what a line producer is and like a film. Yep. So a line producer yep. is like on the ground in production, like scheduling everything, making sure all the guests are aligned, uh, you know, making sure everybody's kind of like in order. Um, so that's what our, our digital producer does. They kind of project manage the entire thing. They help us bridge the gap in some ways between marketing and creative um, but they're also responsible for sometimes diving in and writing copy for, you know, if we need a script, they have to be able to have some of the marketing and the creative chops. They have to have both sides. Um, so that's, that's a big player. Um, creative director, which is usually the role that I kind of fill, which is like, how do we really take this message and envision it over a larger um, scaled project, not just like you know, one piece of small content that we might produce. We need to think about this, like how is this going to affect not only the business now, but like how do we make this evergreen content so that we can affect the business later? So creative direction is a huge thing. Then you need like your nuts and bolts type, um, you know, job execution at the execution level. So pre-production, it's usually just myself and the producer. And then when we get into production, when we're actually filming the thing, it's usually a videographer, um, we have somebody who's manning the soundboard. Um, if it's highly produced, they're on on the soundboard, just taking notes, recording clips, making sure that you know we're marking sections that are really cool callouts in the middle because it makes post production that much faster. Um, yep. Then on the back end, it's usually an editor or multiple editors. Um, but on the back end, this is actually again where we go back to the marketing team. And we'll either get somebody like a marketing coordinator or somebody else who's really closely related to the project to help us kind of sift through everything we've just recorded to help us pick out like, oh, this is a really usable part and it ties into what's really what what we're trying to message in this sequence. Can we get this clip made? So that, that person's really essential because they actually help us make sure that we're editing the right parts to give you guys um, on the back yep. end of it. Um, I think there's probably a handful of other pieces depending on the scale of the, of the production. You may have two videographers, things like that, but for the most part, those are the key players. Cool. Yeah. On the marketing side. So I would say there's a content strategist, which you talked about, which is kind of a shared resource between the creative and the marketing teams. Um, The content strategist usually gets involved in the beginning and then he or she usually kind of starts to back out after the initial content strategy has been flushed out. We also have a YouTube strategist on the team as well. And this person is, uh, think of them as a content strategist, but very specific to YouTube. So um, the person on our team, Chad, you know, he's responsible for SEOing, like doing research to figure out like, okay, the titles that we put on the micro content, um, how are are they going to be searchable? Like, do they link into some sort of search terms? Um, The... um, this person will also be like the YouTube strategist will also strategize like how do you lay out all the playlists 
and how do you title them correctly so that they're also searchable, right? Um, and this person will upload the videos to YouTube and then also like just monitor them for performance so yep. that they can. Inform. They got to be able to write copy. Exactly, they can inform the creative team like, hey, this is what's working, and the creative team can take that as an input to kind of brainstorm and think up like additional episodes. Yep. Um, we'll also have like a copywriter or like an email marketer on the team like for example like a lot of our clients have a pretty decent sized database of prospects and customers so usually you've got to ramp up an email campaign to promote the podcast or the youtube channel um there's two ways to think about that too it's like if you already have an existing database that's great you can you've already got you know potentially thousands of people that you can push your new content onto. If you don't have an email list, then you've got to really focus on the organic side of things and trying to get traffic organically. So depending on like how you are with your own lead generation really depends on what resources you'll lean on a little bit more. If you don't have a lot of leads already or contacts in your database, you're probably going to want to lean on a YouTube strategist a little bit more to help you drive organic traffic. Um, also, paid is always a great way to amplify the reach, right? Um, but if on the flip side, um, you know, like if 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 you're looking to have a um, a content, if you're looking to have content that will be like just like podcast only, right, or audio only, you know, you probably don't need a YouTube strategist, right, obviously. Right. So it really depends on how, I guess, robust you want to make your overall YouTube slash podcast channel. Um, but again, that I think going back to our last uh, the episode when we we're kind of talking about or this episode, talking about challenges, right? The challenges are really like, what's your budget? Um, how much do you want to spend, and how much time do you have to invest in this? And who's gonna? Um, who's so, the team? Yep. Yep. Exactly. So as it gets more complicated, as you can all guess, like more people need to be involved, more time, more budget, like that kind of stuff. So like, just make sure that you can like bite off, you know, bite off what you can chew when it comes to this, because we all have grand plans in the beginning. And then when you get into it, you're just like, Oh crap. uh, That takes a lot of time to do. So I think like having uh, a coherent strategy in place before you start it, it obviously makes sense. Um, and yeah, I think we talked about a lot about our, our approaches to this. So I think those are things that have worked for us. Um, and you know, there's certainly processes that you can probably integrate into your own companies too. Yeah. One thing I will say is make sure whoever is on your team, you know, whether that's on the creative part, I, this is actually probably more of the marketing side for like the marketing coordinator. They need to have some technical chops because there are a handful of, you know, platforms that you need to be able to get into, to connect things like, oh, how do I get my podcast onto Apple and Spotify? It takes a little bit of legwork to get that all started. And usually, again, we do all that in pre-production phase so that, um, you know, we're kind of ahead of the game in that that regard. Yep, that's a good point. Yeah, actually setting up your distribution channels is the pain in the ass too. <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. like setting up accounts on iTunes or Apple and, you know, on Spotify and then getting your syndication network set up. So these are all things that our clients pay us to do because quite frankly, right. they don't have a team to be able to do it, right? right? Um, so, you know, if you've got an in-house team, amazing. That's great. But um, if you don't, then probably talking to an agency or at least getting an agency to help you project manage the team that you have might be a might be a good idea. Yeah, yep. And it's, again, like you said, you know, we've, 
we've been executing this for, for some time now. And I think we've, yep. we've got it down pretty good. And, and we're always, you know, obviously learning on, it's always a, an iteration of itself. So, um, you know, yep. things, things always do become fluid. Um, cool. All right. Well, man, that's episode four. I know, man. I we're in it. Yeah. We're, all right. So one more episode to go. All right, guys. On the next episode, we are going to be focusing on just a little bit of proof on like what this actually look like for success stories. Um, so if you like this podcast, don't forget to rate, subscribe, review, share with a friend. Also, don't forget to check out the YouTube channel. We're going to have all of these episodes up there along with the micro content in the coming time, weeks, months. Uh, it'll be distributed as we are talking about how it goes on this uh, on this plan. So, um, yeah, I think that's it. See you on the next one. <laughs>